straight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 49, we have joining us Sam Spofferth, Clean Cities Project Lead at NREL, where he talks about what the Clean Cities program is and how it facilitates connections so people can learn from each other around alternative fuels deployments. We also talk about his passion around sustainability, the environment, and energy. He shares his thoughts on electric vehicles and what he calls no-brainer use cases for them, as well as what some of the challenges to EV deployments really are. Today we have joining us Sam Spofferth. Sam is Clean Cities Project Leader at NREL, the National Renewable Energy Lab. It's a real pleasure to have you on today, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Mike. It's good to connect. Do you remember how we first met and, and became friends? I, I think so. I think it was, uh, you know, I think it was at the ACT Expo out in Cal- out Long Beach, California. We we're both out there. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big uh, alt fuels industry conference. And I think you were leading a panel focused on uh, NACFI's work in the freight sector on efficiency, this uh, trucking efficiency study. And uh, I, you know, I've always loved uh, Rocky Mountain Institute and you had the, had the relationship with them. Um, and I was just really, I just came away from that just super impressed with your rigorous real world approach to uh, analysis of, of, of options and really, like really, really what's going to work. And obviously I was also very pleased that you're a fellow Midwesterner just from the, the, the next state over. So, so that was great. Um, and then we, we were able to connect, I think, uh, and talk about clean cities. And um, I mean, I just think it just makes a whole lot of sense for us to be working together um, because, you know, this, the, uh, the combination of all the analytics and the metrics and, and just all the things that you do to prove out technologies and then what clean cities can do to help deploy and kind of move, move the market on these things. So I think at that point, we just started finding ways to work together. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our work really is complimentary, Sam. And uh, here we were, you know, two Buckeyes. You know, I, I grew up in Ohio and went to Ohio State you run in clean cities and we had to go all the way to California to meet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, l- let's start with the clean cities program in general. I mean, it, it you know, it's, it's a program that I think has been around a good while. Um, but a lot of us um, either, you know, understand it and, and maybe don't appreciate it or haven't really heard about it. But um, tell us about the DOE clean cities program, its history, its mission, um, and, uh, you know, what, what does it really try to accomplish? Yeah, it, it's, it's funny because it's 29 years old. It's been around for a long time. It survived, you know, changes in administrations and all sorts of ups and downs. It's, it's been around for a long time. It's, it is run out of the U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, it has tremendous support from these so-called energy labs. So there's a number of those, like 18 or so, maybe there's more. Uh, and the, probably the main lab resource is the National Renewable Energy Laboratory out of Golden, Colorado. Uh, it's, it's, that's the home of something called the Alternative Fuels Data Center. And so that's really where the technical support comes from. Um, and the mission, it really grew out of the, um, the original 1992 Energy Policy Act. Uh, and the mission really has it's kind of transformed over the years. And it's, it's to just... Um, it's to transition our transportation energy sector really to facilitate that transition to more sustainable, uh, more energy secure, cleaner 
uh, lower carbon footprint fuels and technologies. And there's a real focus. I mean, the DOE, when you think about it, for people who are familiar, it's very much of, a, of an R&D driven organization. So the Clean Cities program is, is, is different. It's really focused on demonstration and deployment. Uh, it's, it's focused on providing technical assistance to particularly to fleets uh, that are just looking at these technologies, trying to figure out what to do. Um, but it's, it's really, a, the, the, the focus is, is on the ground. And so you have these, there's now about 75 so-called coalitions around the country. And these coalitions are really networks of, uh, you know, you've got a number of industry people that are at the table, have a lot of different fleets. Um, you have local government, state government, different kinds of agencies, you know, regional planning organizations, um, you know, some trade associations, some nonprofits. So that, you know, people who come together and, and the one thing that they all have in common is a desire, whether it's a business interest or, or just whatever it might be to just move transportation more towards kind of a sustainability. And then with a lot of the fleets, the motivation, as you well know, is to save money you know, to really find about more economical ways of going about doing things. And it turns out that efficiency and, you know, alternative fuels and now increasingly with electrification, you know, there's some, there's some win-wins there. Uh, so it's, um, it's, a, it's a great program. I've been involved with it for about 20 years, so a long time, um, but it's a great resource out there for those that are looking at, at uh, transportation sustainability. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the DOE, um, you know, seems like it has a bigger desire now to work um, farther down the commercialization path. So, you know, obviously the, the Department of Energy funds a lot of research and development, some applied research. Um, but lately they have really started to work on, you know, deployments or, um, you know, testing in the field of these technologies, because, you know, oftentimes great ideas, they get stuck in, um, you know, with the early adopters and really can't find their way into uh, real commercialization and deployment. And those great ideas, um, you know, really need that extra little help. Um, so I think that's what Clean Cities kind, kind of has uh, been successful. Yeah, in. yeah, I, I, um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, as, as we've gone along and, you know, we did see a lot of change in the transportation sector for many years. As you know, it's pretty much, you know, hey, we're going to run on gas and diesel. We're going to, you know, put the I mean, there's some some improvements here and there, but we've really just seen this acceleration of whether it's efficiency, I mean, through the work that you've done so well over the years or now with electrification, but you've also had other types of fuels like biodiesel and natural gas, now with renewable natural gas and propane, hydrogen, et cetera. We've just seen this acceleration. And I think people more and more understand that, you know, sometimes uh, there are just information gaps and knowledge gaps. And the other thing is that what Clean Cities really does well, and I know that NACFI is, is really where we're well aligned with NACFI is, is in terms of the peer-to-peer, -peer, you know, really facilitating that peer mentoring, that peer connectivity. Uh, so, you know, a lot of what, what Clean Cities coalitions do locally on the ground is just facilitate connections. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also think that there's some other reasons why, um, you know, this work is important to be done at the regional level. I mean, some alternative fuels make more sense in different regions. I think we've seen that with um, natural gas in some cases, and certainly now in the early days of hydrogen, where 
um, just certain regions uh, have more of the resources and um, and 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 desire uh, to be se- successful on a local level. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's that's in it because that really gets right at the heart. I mean, one of the main aspects of the of the you know I like to say theory of change or clean just kind of how do we do what we do is that local being locally based. Um, but then the other really big factor is that we. We do not walk in the door with a predetermined answer. We do not try to, you know, shove anything down anybody's throat. We're about listening. We're about understanding goals. Uh, you know, more often than not, those goals are economic. Increasingly, sustainability is also a factor towards those goals. But you know, we do a lot of listening. We ask a lot of questions, and we want to understand uh, specifics of of how a fleet's operating. You know, what are your drives? You know, what is your drive and duty cycle? You know, how, how, how do you operate here? What about, you know, what's your base operation look like? Uh, you know, all, you know, so asking a lot of questions and then, you know, figuring out by conversation and, and, and data, what really is gonna make the most sense. Um, and if, you know, like for example, in a lot of states, like, you know, clean cities is in nearly every state, not every state, we're, we're working on that, but we're in nearly every state. And, um, you know, in some states, if we walk in the door, some communities, you know, in more rural parts of the country, if you walk in the door and, and you start hammering people over the head with electrification, for example, you know, you're going to, you're going to see, you know, you're going to be shown the door. And, um, and yet, you know, what we found, and, you know, again, I've, ran the Ohio coalition for 20 years. And what we always found is if you walk in the door being open, uh, well, then, you know, uh, people will open up and then the conversation might lead you to electrification as a as a solution. You can show it with the data and then people are open to it, you know, but if you walk in the door and you start off uh, that way, then, you know, that time, that's, that's not going to work. So, but, you know, a lot of times it's biodiesel or it's, it's natural gas or propane or these other options, um, you know, maybe as, as a bridge, maybe whatever, but uh, it's not about a one size fits all. Sam, let's step back a minute. Tell us about yourself, your career, and how you became so passionate in this area, um, sort of, and, and also include how you ended up at Clean Fuels Ohio doing this work and and bring us up to date on the new role that you've taken in the last six months um, at, at NREL. Yeah, you bet. I mean, I guess it starts, with, I've always had a passion around sustainability environment. You know, I love the outdoors. We got our, our kids involved in a lot of outdoor things. So I've always, always had that passion. Um, and I've always had a passion around energy. I mean, it just, it just, you know, for me, and I'm not a technical person. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot but I'm, I'm not a technical person, but I've always had a passion for energy because to me, it's, I also just, I, I th- just think we need to be going about things in a, in a more of a business oriented way. So, you know, where I had that environmental concern, but it's really grounded in, well, well how do we get this done? I mean, it, you know, the numbers have to work and energy is this great intersection between, you know, business, um, you know, our, our economy, our environment, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, I'm originally from Ohio. I lived out east uh, for a number of years, moved back with my wife <clears throat> to Ohio. Um, and I, I got a job. I started one of these coalitions. It, at the time, it was based in the city of Columbus because that's who I was working for in 1999. But in order to keep it alive, we ended up having to spin it off as a nonprofit. And I became the 
executive director of it in 2002. Um, and then we took it statewide, you know, grew it, added, added resources, added staff, ended up becoming the largest coalition of this net national network I was talking to, we ended up with a staff of uh, 12 full-time full people and several part-time interns. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, that's a story there. And, you know, over a 20 year period, um, learned a lot <laughs> about, made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot, um, you know, and then in terms of, um, in terms of what I'm doing now, uh, it's, I really, and really over the past year, I, I, I decided, you know, uh, seeing this new administration, they really look like they want to lean into not only just, you know, the environment and, uh, sustainability and that type of thing, but really wanting to lean into deployment and demonstration. How do we how do we get this right? How how do we do this? Um, and I also, you know, as I've gone along in this uh, in the in the clean cities world, a lot of things that clean cities does really well, but it's a little bit uneven around the country. And so there's opportunities to really you know, and there's needs to make clean cities more impactful, more you know delivering at a high level uh, across the country and also even to grow. Like I mentioned that it's not in every state. So we need, we, we need to grow it. We need to uh, help coalitions get as strong as they can be. Uh, and I saw an opportunity for myself um, to, um, you know, to be part of that, to help lead that uh, effort. And so that's, that's what I'm doing now. I'm, 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 I'm working for NREL, but I, I also work closely with the uh, folks at the DOE headquarters and, what's called technology integration, uh, which oversees clean cities. And I'm working with the labs. I'm working with, uh, uh, you know, my former colleagues um, across the country, you know, still, still colleagues really, you know, and who are running and staff to these coalitions. You know, in this whole alternative uh, fuels and, and propulsion uh, arena, um, there's been a lot of starts and stops along the way, um, you know, with uh, electrification coming and then falling away and natural gas um, and different uh, expectations of things scaling and, and really th them not happening. Um, this does feel really different now with electric cars, buses, trucks. And but but really, in, in your opinion, why should we believe that electric is going to scale now when other alternatives haven't? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, I, I am a believer for sure. Um, and I think that it's, but I think the way we get there is not by, again, not by trying to say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's electrify every single, uh, you know, national long haul truck that's going across the country as fast as, as possible, because that just isn't going to work, you know, so I think it's going to be a process. But I think, you know, a lot of what you pointed to, I mean, the the, the fundamentals economics um, of electric are very strong. You know, when you talk about um, maintenance being a lot, a lot less expensive, these vehicles are a lot more durable when it comes right down to it. You know, that's just, that's just the way that uh, uh, the technology and the fuel, the energy supply is, is a lot cheaper, but there's, there are a lot of <laughs> things to, you know, there are a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of obstacles. And I, I think, you know, there's, categories for those you know issues and obstacles i think it depends to some degree on it, it depends to a, a great degree on you know are we talking light duty individual passengers are we talking about 
light to medium in the goods movement se uh, segment and the people movement segment? Or are we talking about medium to heavy in a variety of other use cases? Um, you know, certainly lighter duty and medium duty is easier for you know, various reasons now. Um, I think on the medium to heavy side, I am not completely sold that that's, you know, I think it's the jury's still somewhat out. There's some technologies and fuels that work work well now. I mean, you know, are they bridges? They probably are. Things like bio, you know, biodiesel, things like uh, uh, natural gas. But why not take advantage of those things now also? Why, why just wait and do those things now? Um, and then, and then, you know, there's hydrogen, you know, that's uh, sitting out there. It's, it's looking like it's getting some real traction. Um, so, you know, that could be, uh, you know, a competing answer potentially uh, for more of the medium to heavy duty side. Yeah, great points there, Sam. And, you know, we at NACFI, we did some work last year on what we called potential regions for electric trucks. Um, California obviously came out high, but a number of other states and provinces um, you know, uh, looked like they would be next regions uh, for electric truck deployment. And it could be that the, the region's just um, good to, you know, um, for the electric trucks, or maybe there's a real um, uh, regulatory and government will, or maybe there's other things. But one of the things that, that we've noticed is that for clean logistics or, or carbon-free mobility, even uh, with respect to trucking, that there's some corridors developing you've got like the texas triangle or parts of the northeast with i-95 or, or or areas in the midwest places where there's a lot of freight traffic already and maybe growing e-commerce but it's just a place where it seems like the, uh, you know a particular region wants to be aggressive here um you know maybe it's uh, economically development driven but uh, do you agree with that and and, and w what are you seeing there yeah i mean i've had just you know partial insight into that. I mean, from an Ohio perspective, certainly, you know, uh, based on that. And then, you know, through conversations with, with, with colleagues, I think it's, well, again, I guess the way I'd answer that, I, I think that, you know, a lot of it is certainly still going to be incentives driven in the near term, you know, where you can get them. Fleets like, oh, I can get an incentive for that. It's going to help my number. It's going to help make these numbers work. Okay, sure. I, I'm interested, you know, but there are like, and I just, I always, well, not always, but I, you know, I like the example of, of, a, of, a, of a carrier like Pitt, Ohio, you know, a regional character, but they've got really strong leadership. You know, they've got some people who uh, just, they see the future, this is the way they see it, and they're doing demonstrations, they're, they're doing as much as they can, given the economics, you know, they're operating in, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, Columbus, Cleveland, maybe that they got other locations too, but they're, they're doing what they can, even in a, a, a limited incentives environment, because they're just, they just believe it's the future. Um, so right. I think it's really companies, you know, absent the, you know, the, the, with the government incentives, yeah, that's where, you know, governments are, are going to tip the scales one way or the other in different parts of the country, different regions of the country, but it's also about the, the companies themselves and the leadership. And, and I think that's another big factor. Yeah, I agree. And it takes many organizations are needed to come together to make electric vehicles work from fleets and governments, electric infrastructure, construction firms, and on and on. A group, group of players really leaning in, like you said, it, it takes those early adopters to braze the trail and then localized teams starting to, to emerge. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's you know, and this is one of the interesting things about electric in particular, unlike some of these other alternatives, is that you have all these different players that are not traditionally part of the transportation sector. So, you know, for example, uh, utilities. I mean, they're such critical partners, um, and in some places you have some great, and then maybe some un even unexpected parts of the country, you have some great, um, you know, uh, great utility leadership that's emerging now. And when you have that, I mean, then again, that becomes a factor, you know, so government, uh, utilities, the companies themselves, uh, and then the industry. I mean, you know, in, in some places you've got, you know, folks within um, uh trade associations, you know, uh, transportation trade associations that are, 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 are visionary, that are, that, are, that are looking forward. But I mean, Mike, one other fact, I mean, it, there are certain use cases that I guess one of my, you know, what I've noticed one of my, is, is one of my frustrations is that there are just certain freight logistics use cases. You know, the one that always comes to my mind is uh, terminal tractors. You know the yard hostlers. Any anybody's got a terminal operation where you're trying to just move cargo containers, you know, from one place to another. Uh, that is just such a no-brainer right now everywhere. And so I guess if I had one, you know, kind of wish, it would be let's recognize what those no-brainer use cases are, and let's just let's max those out because as we do that, I mean, we'll get you know that'll help us also get better at some of the challenges and and you know big part of the challenges are just the uh the charging infrastructure and the and the grid you know uh support infrastructure that that you have to have so let's let's max out some of these no-brainer you know another one would be low speed light to medium duty um you know last mile kind of operations yeah let's yep. let's just put a lot of emphasis into these ones where we can actually scale them up right now anywhere anywhere in the country um, and then I think I think we'll learn a lot from that. Sam, let's let's, let's kind of close with this. Um, what do you want people to really understand about the work that the clean cities do across this country, and what services that um, you know different stakeholders can benefit from? Uh, what do they need to know, and how can you help them? Yeah, I mean, again, I think no matter where you're coming from, if if you're a company that's looking to learn, you know, and try to figure this out, who are the players? If you're you know, if you're in the industry you're in, or you're in government, you just want to try to move this along, how do you do it? It's, you know, the clean cities in most places is going to be your one-stop shop. It's who you should call. I mean, you can just, you know, a couple things. The, the, um, the website uh, <clears throat> is just uh, cleancities.energy.gov, <clears throat> or else you can search, uh, just do a search for DOE, clean cities that's you know department of energy clean cities and you know what what you'll uh, uh, what'll pop for up for you there are some links to the coalitions you can see exactly where they are you can go to their pages you can see the contact information you know the uh, email addresses the phone numbers the names and everything and just reach out um, and if you're in a place where you don't see that there's a, a coalition serving there is also going to be some program contacts and you can reach out to those and just get some assistance um, and it's it 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 makes a big difference again these are the folks that can connect you and help you get started and help you learn don't be fooled by the name either i, I should have said there's a kind of a the the confusion can sometimes comes in with with the branding so it says clean cities but it's not about just cities <laughs> if you're in a if you're in a rural community a small town 
clean cities are, are working in those places, it really anywhere. And so uh, just no matter where you are, uh, reach out. Very good, Sam. You know, NACV's had a long relationship with clean cities. We've attended many um, local clean cities events. These are things like riding drives and education and, and, and making connections. And so I'd really encourage any of you to, to get out, um, meet who they are in different parts of the country and uh, get involved. Um, Sam, tell everyone at the program that we said hi and to keep up all the great work. Um, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks, Mike. For efficiency with NACV's Mike Roth and Friends.